Hey, what's up everybody and welcome to Rock Video Rental. We are continuing on with Comedy Month and we're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies and that is Wayne's World. But before we get to all that, uh, Caleb, what have you been watching? You know what? I totally forgot to get ready for this part. Um, so... I can go first if you want me to. Uh, sure, go ahead. I might be able to pick up what I've watched. Okay. Uh, some odds and ends and stuff. I had more time to watch things. Um, so I've, we've been watching Hoarders a little bit. Just because we ran out of things to watch. Uh, and then I watched the movie Get Out. I don't know if you've ever seen that. The Jordan Peele movie. I have not yet. I've seen it twice. It's pretty good. Okay. Uh, it's even got some funny moments in it. Um, and then I watched... You and I have talked about the Woodstock 99 documentary that was on HBO before. Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix just released their own about Trainwreck. Okay. Uh, and it was pretty good, too. It gave like a little more information than what the HBO one had. They had some other sides of it and um actually some of the artists that played there too talked about it so that was it was pretty cool oh and then i watched the bad seed for the first time um in plans for something else um i also watched uh hello mary lou prom night 2 <laughs> uh, which is the, the next movie i'll be covering on slasher quest uh, I actually watched that one on my LaserDisc player, so that was pretty fun. Rock. Um, I used to have that on VHS back in the day, but I sold off on my VHS tapes. And this was before, like, collecting horror movies on VHS became a big deal. And I'm mm. kicking myself because I had so many good movies that I could get tons of money for now. Right. <laughs> like, if I would have just waited, like, eight years. <laughs> uh, I also watched the next. A&E biography, uh, WWE Legends that they had. I uh, watched the one on Lex Luger. Uh, that was pretty good. I, I, I think the Kurt Angle one was the best one so far. It was really interesting. Uh, then we've been watching a couple episodes here and there of American Pickers. Uh, just a good show to have on in the background. Oh, yeah. I, that is a good show. I kind of forgot about that one. Yeah, me too. Like every, It's one of those... You're somewhere and you're flipping around and you're like, oh, I was at my in-laws' house and they have dish and I was flipping around. I'm like, oh, Pickers, I haven't seen that in forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then when we got home, I fired it up on Hulu. But, and then I also watched the first episode of this season's um, Hard Knocks. Oh, which yeah. is about the Detroit Lions. So that was pretty cool. Pretty interesting. I've actually never watched that show before. Oh, really? <laughs> Being a Lions fan, like I never really care about any other team in the nfl mm -hmm. so like the super bowl is always kind of meh to me because the lions will never make it <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of cool that they had the lions this year so i wanted to watch it rock but yeah that's pretty good uh what about you do you think of anything uh well i too watched the bad seed hintity hint hint uh <laughs> heads up on upcoming content um and then did I talk about Prey last week? When did that come out? Um, I don't know if you did. I, I don't think I did, because that like just came out. So, uh, But anyways, if I did or didn't, uh, I enjoyed that one. It was pretty good. Um, I actually did a review on TikTok. Uh, we'll probably share it on the other social media platforms too, but gave a brief reaction and gave it a 
rating out of five. So um, I also watched a little bit of Whose Line Is It Anyway? One of the greatest shows ever. I also finished The Old Man. Uh, I think I talked, I'm pretty positive I talked about that last week. Yeah, Um, you did. Okay. That is, uh, it's a pretty darn good show. Um, I wasn't expecting a ton from it. I mean, I was anticipating it was at least going to be good with having, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on their names again. Anyways, there are two main actors. Um, (laughs) and so I didn't know if it was going to be one of those things where they had, uh, they only did one season and it was just kind of a, a short series or if it was going to be an actual show with multiple seasons. Yeah. Uh, and so the final episode came up and I was kind of like, okay, I don't know what they're going to do with this. And then they actually totally mess with you because the last episode is probably like 15, maybe even 20 minutes shorter than all the episodes. And they leave you on a cliffhanger. Oh, so it's like, okay, so you guys are doing a second season, but you totally like kind of gypped up some of the last episode. <laughs> um, but then uh, I thought there was one other thing I was watching, but I can't remember. So it must not be that impressionable. So definitely not as much as last week. Rock. Yeah. I mean, last week was kind of a crazy week for you. Yeah, because you don't watch that much. You had more than I did last week. I know. I think that I don't know if I'll be able to break that record, but <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot of times when I say I watch this stuff, it's just things I have on in the background while I'm working. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, now that we covered all that, we can jump in to the movie of the week. I see a little silhouette of a man. Just outside of Chicago. Galileo. 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 In the basement of this house. Broadcast history is about to be made. Extreme close-up. I want you to find out who these guys are and where they do their show. What is this? Mr. Vanderhoff, this is your audience. It's two chimps on a Davenport in a basement. Here I am. What's the contract for five? Excuse me? Now, they're on their way. No way. Way. To fame. We still love me when I'm in my carbohydrate sequin jumpsuit. Young girls in white cotton panties, bloated, purple, dead on a toilet face. To fortune. Contractor knows. I will not bow to any sponsor. <laughs> and to babe heaven. What do you do if every time you see this one incredible woman, you, you think you're going to hurl? I say hurl. If you blow chunks and she comes back, she's yours. If you spew and she bolts, it was never meant to be. Okay. It's Wade. This is definitely the type of place I'm gonna get when I move out of my parents' house. It's God. I love you, God. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. It's a movie. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! Wayne's World. It just might be the greatest motion picture ever made. Are you mental?
So the movie of the week is Wayne's World from 1992. It is directed by Penelope Spheris. Uh, the plot is two slacker friends try to promote their public access cable show. That is a very terrible plot. That is IMDb for that one. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's that two slacker friends try to promote their public access show. They sell it. And then um, Shenan- shenanigans ensue. Yeah, and then like Wayne's worried that he's gonna lose his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh gosh! So the cast we got Mike Myers as Wayne Campbell, Dana Carvey as Garth Elgar, Rob Lowe as Benjamin, Tia Carrera as Cassandra, Brian Doyle Murray as Noah Vanderhoff, Laura Flynn Boyle as Stacy, and Kurt Fuller as Russell. Uh, Kurt Fuller is definitely one of those. Hey, it's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the main bad guy in No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. Oh, really? Yeah, I would. Nice. Well, I mean, Zeus is in there too, but he's like, like he's not the he's not Shredder. He's Krang. <laughs> oh man! Well, then uh, you've also got. Well, I don't know when you want to cover it, but all like the cameos and everything. Yeah, both Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two are kind of known for having lots of cameos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, part Part Two, I think, might have more than part one uh i mean some of the cameos in this were if you look back at it they're cameos but at the time like they, they weren't as big a names like chris farley shows up in this mm-hmm. uh where at the time he was just like a guy on saturday night live i mean this is 1992 <laughs> um, i'm not sure i can't remember when tommy boy came out but it, it was a little bit after this. That was like his first movie, if I remember right. 1995. Yeah. So three years after this. Um, and then you get lots of like musicians and stuff in these movies, too. Uh, the big one in this one was Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. But, random, uh, random fact that, uh, <laughs> well, it wasn't the only one, but my dad went to Alice Cooper concert. Oh, yeah. Which like if you knew my dad, you'd that's just like super weird to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to see Alice, which he when I lived in Bay City, he came to Bay City one time and I wanted to go, but I had something else going on where I couldn't go. Oh. Yeah, and that would have probably been pretty cheap too. Mm. But yeah. Um yeah, this is a movie I've seen lots of times. It's one of my favorite movies. It's got some of the most quotable moments in it. <laughs> It just things I like to throw out all the time, like when Wayne and Garth pick up their friend who's like completely wasted, and Garth's like, I don't know, he looks like he's gonna honk, <laughs> and Wayne's like, I, I give you a no honk guarantee, and a lot of times I refer to throwing up as honking. Oh yeah, <laughs> like oh, I feel like I'm gonna honk, because <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be the only movie ever, where I've ever heard that. I'm. Um pretty sure you're right yeah uh so i I guess let's get into what's good um pretty much the whole movie's good (laughs) yeah Uh, i like how simple the plot is it's Mm -hmm. like it's not trying to do anything new um you know it could be even kind of cliche but i think the simplicity of it kind of grounds some of the wacky stuff that happens yeah it keeps it more realistic 
with all the goofy things, how many times they break the fourth wall and they're talking to the camera, you know? <laughs> right. Well, honestly, I was surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because uh, I'm very familiar with this movie, but at how much it did, but how well it did it because it wasn't too much. Like you said, it's simple, um, but they still did a lot like there were several different storylines going on at once they were at plenty of different locations there were plenty of different characters too mm -hmm. but never once did i feel le like it was overwhelming or scattered or unorganized so oh yeah for sure it, it kind of moves along at a good pace too uh, i was actually kind of surprised watching it this time how quick it felt um mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not a bad thing. Like, it's definitely a movie that you can put on and you can enjoy and you don't have to, like, spend a whole lot of time paying attention to. I mean, it's an hour and 34 minutes, but it feels even quicker than that. Yeah. Um, we, we, we mentioned the cameos. Uh, the Alice Cooper scene always kind of cracks me up <laughs> because, you know, way to Garth, you know, they they walk in, they're, they're at the concert and they're walking up with their backstage passes and like showing them to every single person in the crowd. <laughs> uh, always like, that always cracks me up. Uh, then they get backstage with Alice and they think that it's going to be like some big party and like Alice Cooper is like dropping history lessons on them. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, Milwaukee. Well, I'm not the, I'm not the first definitely not the first traveler like milwaukee is known for its many passages or something like that. yeah the french settlers came back in the 16th century and something something and yeah milwaukee is actually pronounced milwaukee and yeah, yeah the native americans pronounced it milwaukee which means the good land or something like that. <laughs> which is hilarious because i don't know if you've ever listened to alice cooper's radio show Mm -mm. like alice is a, like a super smart guy and he's like a big history buff oh, okay yeah um which i got a little bit more about that in trivia facts it's pretty funny uh yeah that's that's another thing too like you look at alice cooper and you're like oh this guy's you know crazy he's out there but alice cooper like he doesn't drink he doesn't do drugs he's had the same wife like his entire career mm-hmm and like, how many rock stars can say that? Like, especially someone as like well known as Alice Cooper. Yeah, exactly. And just like super smart guy, super down to earth person. But uh, we mentioned Chris Farley as <laughs> in typical Chris Farley fashion. He's got such a small throwaway role mm -hmm. as a security guard at the Alice Cooper concert, but he just completely like chews up the whole scene he's in. <laughs> <laughs> which i watched the documentary about chris farley and like adam sandler was on there talking about him saying like uh chris would prepare when he was on snl and no matter what role he had he wanted to be remembered mm -hmm. so no matter how small it was and what it really makes me think of it in snl was the pepper boy sketch Oh where, yeah, where Adam Sandler's playing the Pepper Boy at the Italian restaurant, <laughs> Chris Farley's just like this random customer, and he's like, "Why, thank you, Pepper Boy, <laughs> Bravo!" And it's like, like does this ridiculous line, which wasn't in the script at all, 
and I guess it used to drive Lauren Michaels nuts. But I like bet. that's what Chris would do to like stand out and get remembered and get like laughs and stuff. <laughs> and that's what he does in this movie too, where he's talking about Mr. Big's path. He's like, he's got to come back up to Chicago <laughs> on his way to Milwaukee. And his huge gestures and... Yeah, waving his arms around, bugging his eyes out, and just typical Chris Farley fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, not a cameo, but... Um, dude, did Rob Lowe ever play a nice guy in the 90s? I don't think so. <sighs> and um, I got something of trivia about this, about him. This was like his first true comedic role. Okay. Which is kind of impressive because he's really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he, he's not like in your face funny like Mike Myers is or Dana Carvey, but he's really subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, well, just to think of how he was in this and then what he was like in Parks and Recreation. Yeah, exactly. He's He's got kind of a similar character in this. Yeah. So even, just... He even says literally... <laughs> A couple times in this movie, which cracks me up, which is actually the name of his podcast, I believe. Oh, gosh. That's literally funny. with Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah, because what was he in in the 90s? Bad Influence, If the Shoe Fits, Dark Backward, Wayne's World, Finest Hour, Great Performances, Tommy Boy, uh, Naked Truth. I'm not, I'm not seeing anything that stands out that he was really a good guy or anything. I, of course, well, I don't know. No, I mean, he's like... He's a good-looking dude, and he's um like pretty smooth talker and everything. So he's kind of the guy you just love to hate. Yeah. Where you know he has every right to be full of himself, and he is <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Uh. Yeah, but I thought he did a really good job, especially in a comedic role, like a really subtle comedic role. Mm-hmm. Um. Another thing that's good, I would say, the soundtrack's pretty good. I mean, it's all late 80s, early 90s rock. And, like, there's some hair band stuff in there, and I'm a huge fan of hair bands. Could it possibly be the best opening sequence for a comedy movie? <laughs> it might be. Yeah, that, I mean, if anybody's watched this movie and not enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody at least once because of this movie, then I don't know if you have a soul. <laughs> Oh man, I got stuff about that in trivia as well. Nice. And the also the decision to have the song and all that. And also if you were in your younger years when this movie came out, like in the ni- when you were if you were younger in the 90s and you didn't at least once headbang to Bohemian Rhapsody in your car, <laughs> then like you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's done it. Oh gosh. Uh man, other things that are like great in this movie. Mike Myers and Dana Carvey are both amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh this is actually Mike Myers' first um feature role. Okay. Like first first film that he did. I mean he did some TV, he I mean obviously Saturday Night Live. But the fact that like this is his first like real movie is incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. For how good he was in it, and it just showed that he was like a complete natural. Yeah. Which I mean, we it would go on to evolve even more into like Austin Powers. 
which yeah. the Awesome Powers movies are all amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also watched uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer, which oh. was one of his movies like right after this. I don't remember what came first, that or Wayne's World 2. Mm. But it had some moments where it was all right, but it wasn't as good as the other ones that you know of. Yeah, I never did wind up getting around to watching that one. Yeah. Uh, there's so many one-liners and just like one like one-off jokes in this mm-hmm. that and subtle references and things like that in this movie that always just crack me up. Um, I, I guess since we're talking about like quotes and everything, uh, do you have some favorite quotes? Because I know I have a whole list. I don't want to take all yours. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, I've only got really two quotes. Uh, one has got to be one of the most memorable parts of this movie um when they call the girl Abraham Lincoln <laughs> and it's just so ba- baby of majora <laughs> so random and so hilarious and just so perfect this so much of this movie just encapsulates being a younger kid i don't know like teens range in the 90s where you would have stupid conversations and come up with like stupid terminology. Yeah. And so Abraham Lincoln was just fantastic. Um, but then uh, I'll get to another quote here in just a moment, but I also find it hilarious and kind of intriguing. I know it was a network show uh, or local television and whatnot, but yeah. it really could have been taken out of the early nineties and plopped down into like the mid 2010s and been a perfect like YouTube channel. Oh yeah, for sure. So I not saying like, of course, anything like they predicted anything, but I have to imagine that quite a few of the early channels and shows, uh, video shows that people were doing online had some inspiration from Wayne's world because I don't know. It just seems like the same setup and I could see that. Yeah. Dude. I think we just wrote Wayne's world three. <laughs> right. No, I mean like that kind of thought came into my mind where it's just like, dude, if this was going on now, it would totally be a, a Twitch channel or a YouTube channel or something of the sort. Oh yeah, for sure. So to- like, could you imagine like um, both their characters playing guitar hero? <laughs> on Twitch like that would blow up that would be awesome um th- uh, so going to their show uh one of their one liners well kind of one liners from their show uh that just makes me laugh and I feel like you reference it every once in a while is when they're talking about their green screen and they're like look <laughs> we're in Delaware yeah. imagine being magically whisked away to <laughs> Delaware hi I'm in Delaware. <laughs> that cracks me up every time. It was it was completely unnecessary, but like putting it in there was just absolutely perfect. Oh yeah, well because they have like ones around it where it's like, let's go to Texas. Howdy, partner, and like that is Delaware. They just like look at each other like, uh, hi, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> uh. Uh. So I've got a long list because there's so many things in this movie that I, I quote in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the scene 
there's a recurring thing in this where Stacy shows up and it's Wayne's crazy ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time you see her is when they're in Stan Makita Donuts and she walks up with this gift and she's like, don't you want to open your present? And Wayne's like, if it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> and she goes, open it. And he said, what is it? She's like, it's a gun rack. And he goes, a gun rack? A gun rack? Yeah, right. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. What am I going to do with a gun rack? <laughs> uh, and there's, uh, it was just, gosh, how long ago? I think it was on, was it maybe Father's Day or like, I can't remember what it was, but my, my wife and my daughter went to the store and my daughter's all excited to give me something and she's like daddy daddy i got you something and my wife says yeah open it if like i looked at my wife i'm like if it's a severed head i'm gonna be very upset <laughs> <laughs> she just looks at me and shakes her head Perfect. Uh, and then uh so after wayne meets cassandra and he decides like he's in love with her and he's uh trying to learn Cantonese so he can like talk to her in her native language. And Garth's like, I've never seen you so mental over a girl before. He's like, are you going to marry her? And then Wayne like snaps right to him. And he's like, Garth, marriage is punishment for shoplifting in some countries. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was a good one. Uh, there's another scene where Wayne and Cassandra are in the car and they're talking in, uh, he says to her, I can't remember what they're talking about, but he says, you know, I thought I had mono once for an entire year. Turned out I was just really bored. <laughs> uh, so after they sell their show and now they're on like TV and they're sponsored by uh, Noah's Arcane, they have like this wacky intro where it's just like completely against anything Wayne and Garth would have. It's like some stupid jingle. And there's an announcer, and we just let everything get done. It's like, party on Wayne and party on Garth. And then Wayne's like, okay, welcome to Wayne's World, party on Garth. And Garth goes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the last one I have is when they're trying to um, redirect the feed of the TV show into Mr. Big's limo. Mm-hmm. And like Garth and the crew are going to set it up, and um, Russell's standing there, and he's he's like, "I can't let you do this. Benjamin is my friend." And Garth has, says, "Benjamin is no one's friend. If Benjamin was an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines and dick." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And that one always caught, catches me way off guard because it's like one of the few times where Garth is smooth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh so good i guess other um that was my last quote but other scenes that were like uh memorable is when they're playing street hockey Mm, i had that (laughs) game on car game on (laughs) over and over and over that's pretty hilarious um Uh, another one too uh which was just fantastic was the sponsorship segment 
we're not going to sell out for some product. <laughs> and then they do Pizza Hut and Pepsi and Reebok. Adidas. Oh, Reebok. Yeah, Reebok. Yeah. That's what because Garth's like, it's like people only do things because they get paid. And that's just sad. He's wearing like Reebok head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a classic moment there. Oh, man. So maybe things that didn't work. Uh, things that didn't work. Really, the only thing I have that's bad is that Tia Carrera's singing is horrible. Beyond terrible. It always makes me cringe when I watch this movie. Was that really her? Yeah. It sounds I, like a dead cat in a blender. Or like a I, dying cat in a blender. I thought it fit. Really? Yeah, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't sit there and say like, oh my gosh, you know this is amazing. But I mean, I thought it fit well for like the band and everything. And honestly, like I kind of felt like somebody else was singing and she dubbed like just lip synced. No, that was it was definitely her, I believe. Hmm. I couldn't see anything saying otherwise. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I didn't. To me, that wouldn't fall in the category of bad. Uh, it wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't be something that would be like, oh, highlight it. That's gonna be. That's an important part. But honestly, like I was trying to think about it, and you know, to label something as bad, the only thing that really kind of stuck out to me and had a sense of awkward was when they went to Milwaukee and they did that whole like Milwaukee factory segment Laverne and Shirley thing yeah that was to me just the only thing that felt like it didn't fit as well as everything else I mean I knew what they were doing like the, that that's the thing about the show is that everything works together so well even that was because it was a gag thing it was a joke and it's a comedy and that's what you know you're supposed to laugh mm. Um, but that one I felt was the weakest out of all of them so yeah i could see that it's and it's kind of long too compared to the other stuff yeah that may have been part of it too where it was just like okay i get it you're maybe taking it too far oh gosh i guess a couple other scenes that i almost forgot about um ed o'neill's crazy rants uh, yeah he's like did you know if you stab a guy in a winter like steam will rise up from the the wound <laughs> and native americans believe that was the soul leaving the body <laughs> yeah it's like it's like why is it if someone kills a man in war it's considered heroic but if he kills a man in a passion of the moment he's like it's considered murder <laughs> <laughs> just like how unhinged his character is but no one seems to really notice mhm uh that cracks me up and the scene where um, Cassandra's filming her music video and Wayne just thinks that like she's there um, having an affair with uh, Rob Lowe's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like going out and out. He's like, okay, I get it. Go home, Wayne. He's like, just leave. But you and I both know there's no film in this camera. And he flips the camera open and all the, the film unspools from it <laughs> mm. for like, 20 seconds <laughs> <laughs> oh, that always makes me laugh too 
Yeah, that was a good one. Um, oh man, there was the part where he splashes water on his face, and this is Oscar moment. Yes, the Oscar moment, and then the <laughs> uh, the graphic love scene <laughs> where they just put the words on the screen and they don't actually do anything. <laughs> and then Wade just like looks at the graphic love scene on it, and he just says, "Excellent." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so do you want me to get into trivia and facts let's do it all right so i got a few things here so alice cooper came to the set under the impression that he would just be performing musically for the film with Hmm. maybe like one line Uh, once he arrived he was surprised to be handed an entire monologue to memorize (laughs) and to shoot a small amount of with a small like amount of time to do so uh, however, like Alice is like a huge history buff, and he kind of just filled in a whole bunch of things, the nice. like, facts that he knew. <laughs> uh, so the part where Garth plays the drum solo in the music store, mm-hmm. that's actually Dana Carvey playing that drum solo. I <laughs> thought it looked like he was really doing it, so that's impressive. So Bohemian Rhapsody was almost not in the film. Neither Paramount nor the film's producer, Lauren Michaels, wanted it in the movie. Uh, Paramount didn't want to use the song because the rights were so expensive, and Lauren didn't want to use it because it was almost 20 years old at that point, and he suggested they use uh, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses because it was more current. Ew. Uh, Mike Myers fought for the inclusion of the Queen song. He even threatened to quit the production if they didn't do what he wanted. And eventually the studio just gave in to his demand. Nice. And it became the most famous scene of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. So the film is actually credited for reviving the popularity of the song. Um, The song is from 1975. It dropped in popularity throughout the 80s in the U.S. And hadn't bothered to... um, The band didn't even bother to include the country on their two final tours. Um, Wayne's World caused the song to become a bigger hit in the U.S. than it did the first time. Uh, it went to number two the first time around. It was number nine. Uh, by a remarkable coincidence, um, Freddie Mercury actually didn't live to see the song's renaissance as it became the most you know famous AIDS casualty just mm-hmm. a few months before the film's release. Uh, however, according to guitarist Brian May, Mercury did get give the permission to use the song and he actually saw the clips when he was close to death because Mike Myers like sent a tape and wanted him to watch it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so the whole scene where they're lying on the car and that's where the Abraham Lincoln lines from (laughs) that entire thing was improvised. Dude, that's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's Mike Myers and Dana Carvey there. Uh, so the part where he talks about, um, did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he dressed up like a girl <laughs> thing? That was all off Dana Carvey's head. Uh, dude, the, the reaction from Mike Myers was genuine. Dude, that's that's what's so great about this movie because everybody's had those stupid, stupid conversations with their friends when they were kids. Oh, now, yeah, granted, sure. granted, they were older than your kids, um, but like you still had some of those stupid conversations, you know, throughout high school and in college and things like that. So it was just, I mean, 
for people at the right age at that time, it was just fantastic. But even beyond that, like most anybody has those dumb, weird conversations. And man, I don't, honestly, this is going to be a weird parallel here, but I see in that some of the same thing you see in uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. Mm -hmm. It's real conversations happening that don't really mean anything, but they're memorable because they're more relatable and it makes what's going on in the movie more real. And so, uh, of course, Quentin Tarantino ones are vastly different, but that's that's the takeaway from it, I believe, where this comedy resonates more because it's more relatable because some of these things are things that you really can experience, have experienced. Mm-hmm. So, Because then you have a lot of those other movies like I'll just talk about what we watched not too long ago with Vacation. Where it's just like over the top nonsense, mm-hmm. completely unrelatable. You're not going to get do 180s down the highway, flip your car, drive some weird piece piece of crap thing, go swimming in sewage, get wasted at a sorority event, like all these nonsense things. Yeah, this was uh, uh, more relatable and just resonated so much more. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, so the scene where Wayne's ex-girlfriend Stacy um, tries to patch up their relationship by buying him a gun rack mm-hmm. is based on truth. Uh, Mike Myers once dated a girl who apparently broke up with him due to his um, preoccupation with this comedy. A week later, after some thought, she tried to reconcile with buying him a gun rack. Uh, to her, it was an absurd joke, and she hoped that like Mike would appreciate it. He didn't, and then the two remained apart. Uh, when the movie was released, Mike's ex actually viewed the movie uh, with her new like steady boyfriend, and she was mortified not only to learn that the gun rack anecdote had been written into the film, but was also shocked to see that the main characters referred to Stacy as a psycho hose beast. <laughs> uh, sometime later, like Mike Myers actually called her up and like attempting to apologize for including a very detracting version of her in the movie. <laughs> well, as long as her name's not Stacy, I feel like it's not horrible, <laughs> like horrid and just terrible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's still pretty rough. Cause I'm sh- uh, like, I mean, of course, like some people are not going to know that story and going to know who it's about. So. <laughs> oh man. So, according to the director, uh, Penelope Spiros, Mike Myers was very difficult to work with. Uh, He arrived on set one day to discover that the snack table only had butter and not margarine for his bagel. Uh, Myers suffers from hypoglycemia, and he became enraged by it. He flipped the table over, stormed off the set, and did not come out of his trailer for hours. (laughs) She ended up assigning her daughter to be an assistant. Uh, She told Entertainment Weekly that Myers was emotionally needy and got more difficult as the shoot went along. Um, She said, you should have heard him bitching when I was trying to do that Bohemian Rhapsody scene. He would say, I can't move my neck like that. Why do we have to do this so many times? No one is going to laugh at that. Uh, To this day, 
She said, I have an image of my daughter sitting on this little cooler looking at me like, Mom, I effing hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like I said before, this was Mike Myers' film debut. It was not Dana Carvey's. Uh, Dana Carvey's film debut was actually a small role that he had in Halloween 2. <laughs> nice. Uh, which we reviewed in the past. Uh, last thing I got is this movie had a $20 million budget and it made $183 million in the box office. Rock. Yeah. Uh, so let's just jump into the grades. Um, I pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think those are? IMDb 7.6. It is a 7.0. Oh, dang. Shot too high. Uh, Rotten Tomato Critic 77. 79. Ooh. Uh, audience, please tell me the audience is better than the critic. Let's go with 85. 84. Whoa, dang. So you're pretty close. Not bad. Uh, you want to go first? Rock, let's do this. Um, I am ready to go. So I kind of went on my little speech earlier about the relatability of this uh, movie, but I forgot about how great this movie is. Um, I mean, the length of it is just great for a comedy. Constantly moving forward. Honestly, this whole movie is just joint together so well because every moment mattered. Uh, mm-hmm. Some obviously more than other, but than others. But um, like one scene will lead to another, or one scene will tell you more about a certain character, or uh, something more about relationship, or what the struggle is of the movie. Uh, leading to the climax and each part just has its purpose like even the small parts uh, what you would maybe call the less important parts um, one thing that we didn't talk about was the gray poupon gag yeah. <laughs> um, it, like so small so minuscule absolutely unnecessary but by including it just was fantastic it barely took any time, and it, again, with being a comedy, most mostly I usually encourage, you know, the more jokes, the better, and it just was at a perfect time. Uh, I don't know. It, it, some of those things just kind of amaze me where it's just like, it seems so random, and how did they think to include something like that because it fits so well? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie just beginning to end top to bottom, great acting, great music, great writing, great performances. Uh, man, when we were talking about what's bad with this movie, honestly, like I said, I I honestly feel like I can't say anything quote unquote bad about it. Yeah, sure. There are going to be some things that I can say don't work as well as others, but man, I'm trying to think of all the other movies that I've given a five out of five for and what else might just work as well as this one does. 
for their specific genre. And I'm not sure. I, I Sometime we'll probably have to kind of go back and maybe just talk about the movies that we've given five out of five for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one is an easy five out of five. Yeah, I agree. Like I said at the beginning of this, it is one of my favorite movies. Um, I guess there's so many memorable lines. Um, and just, I don't know, It's I guess it's my kind of humor. Uh, Wayne and Garth like the same kind of music I like. <laughs> so uh, it's funny looking at the posters in Garth's room and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just so many funny jokes. All the cameos are great. Um, and like I said, Rob Lowe is really good in this. And like he said, you know, before this, he never really did much of like a true comedic role. And he said that Mike Myers almost kind of like awoke like a hiding comedic side to him, like comedic acting side to him. Mm-hmm. And like, since then they've been like really good friends and like he ended up, you know, he ended up being in Austin powers and, and stuff like that. So they, they've they worked together again after this. And, um, uh, I don't know. It's just a movie I can watch all the time, pretty much anytime I want to. And I'm going to laugh at it. And, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that you can have on in the background, catch it here and there. It's still funny, and it just goes by at a good pace. Mm-hmm. Really, not anything negative to say about it. Um, have you seen Wayne's World too? Yes, um, definitely not as many times as the first one. Not sure if I've actually seen it more than once, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's actually some jokes in this that, in those two movies, that kind of cross for me, where I sometimes have a hard time remembering which one, which joke is from which movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is one of those series where I wish they would make a third one even now. Yeah. And like they did a commercial, it was a Super Bowl commercial like a couple of years ago that had Wade and Garth in it, like doing yeah. Wayne's World. I do remember. And I know a long time, like Mike Myers and Dana Carvey weren't on speaking terms, mm-hmm. but I think they've reconciled since then. They should totally do it, man. I know. I agree. <laughs> I know they don't need the money, but man, so much opportunity there. Right. Yeah, I agree. I wish they would come back with another one. I don't know if they'll be able to do Abraham Lincoln swing and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> But they they could find some good, really good ideas. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, they should they should come back with a third installment. And uh, next week we'll be coming back with a second installment, and we're going to be talking about Wayne's World too. Uh, I thought it was a good time to cover both of them. So until then, as always, be kind and rewind.